Y'all know how much I love to sing, and this morning, because I don't have much of a voice, I just barely sang, I still sang, but I did that so I could save it all for preaching. Is that okay? I told my dad Friday, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this without a voice. He said, the church will love that. (laughs) Well... I want to tell you a little story before we begin. It has to do with a father and his five-year-old son. And I love how this goes. So the dad wanted to do something special for his five-year-old one day. And he said, son, you just choose whatever you want to do today or whatever you want me to buy you, and we're going to do that. Of all things, the little five-year-old said, Dad, what I really want is some McDonald's french fries. He said, we can do that. So they went to McDonald's, went through the drive-thru, and when his dad ordered, he said, I want to supersize that. And the little boy, I mean, his eyes got really, really big, So his dad took the money out of his wallet to pay for the fries and his drink. And Johnny's little teeth, I mean, they're ready to just sink into those hot golden fries. Don't you love a story like this before lunch? (laughs) And so they sat down, and his prayer that day consisted of this. God bless this food, amen. And it seemed that way because Johnny couldn't wait to eat those fries. And so... As he's starting to eat, the dad kind of reached in to grab a fry, to which his little five-year-old kind of did that and said, those are mine. That fired this dad up. And so he pulled his hand back and he began to reflect about his son's attitude about the fries. And then he thought to himself, I want to walk together through the things that went through his mind and he's thinking my son failed to realize that I'm the source of those french fries and at the counter I was the one who gave the cashier the money to pay for those fries and he said and beyond that I didn't just give him the small order of fries that he wanted I said let's supersize it and he said so Thus far, he's forgetting that I was in charge of all of this. And so, as the dad thought about it, really what mattered was not one or two fries would not have made much of a difference for him that day. What he wanted for his son, more than anything, was to invite him into the little wonderful world that he had made possible for his son. He wanted his son to be willing to share the very blessing that had been provided to him. And so when we talk about being good stewards, here's something that we need to understand. That everything belongs to God in the first place and not you. And so if you don't hear anything else this morning... I want you to wrap your mind around that thought. And there's even a scripture 
that goes along with that. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 24. Psalm 24. There's another scripture that I love that it dawned on me while we were singing this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, where Paul says, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. And then in Romans chapter 12, this is how much God really wants of me. That's kind of the question we're asking this morning as we talk about stewardship. And the New Living Translation says it this way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We believe that everything we are and everything that we have belongs to God and not to me. Get your mind around that. And listen to the psalmists where he says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and, what's the word? Everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who belongs to God? The psalmist says the earth and everything in it. The world and all its people. And so think about that thought this morning. Absolutely everyone and everything belongs to God, including yourself. And so when you think about stewardship, think about it like this. Stewardship is a belief. It's a belief about God. It's a belief about ourselves and it's a belief about the fact that our place in God's world is to realize that everything has always belonged to Him. As He went through the beautiful story of creation at the end of each day, what was it that He said? And it was good. Even when He created mankind, it was good. Who was it that messed it up? Mankind did, not God. And so stewardship is a belief about God and about ourselves and where we find ourselves in His creation. Stewardship comes from an old English word used for management. Managers used to be called stewards. And so this is about our belief that the God who made and owns everything, expects us to have a part in taking care of it. And you know what? I want you to think about this for a second. There's tremendous freedom in that thought. There's tremendous freedom in realizing that instead of holding everything so tightly because it's mine, we hold it loosely because it's his. 
But have you realized a lot of times in life, well, we, we hold on to things, don't we? And we grab. It's just like our little kids, as they grow up, it's just the common nature. They don't like to share, do they? And so what, is a, what does a child say? When you try to take the toy from the child, what does he say? That's mine. Now, in essence, it may be little Johnny's toy because you bought it for Johnny. But in essence, the big picture, does Johnny really own that toy? No. He wouldn't have it if you didn't buy it for him. You wouldn't be here if Jesus hadn't died on the cross for you. Get that in your mind. You're not bought. You're not here because you did something special. You're not here because you deserve it. You're here because God saw fit in his plan that the only way for us to live and to have the precious thing called life, God had to give his son up to die a cruel death on the cross so that we could experience this beautiful thing called life. And so as we're here and as we're living life, really what it's all about and what God wants us to realize is just be a good steward with what you have. Be a good steward with where you are. And so think about it this way. All I have to do is receive what he gives and give what he takes. Because whatever God wants to do with it is really up to him, isn't it? It's, it's his prerogative. But what he wants us to do is be a good steward of that. So what difference does that make in the way that I live? Well, let me give you three things and then I want to show you a scripture in Mark chapter 12 that illustrates it. First of all, here's the difference it makes. My time belongs to God. How much time do we have? All of us have the same amount of time, right? The same amount in every day, 24-7. And so your time is a living sacrifice. Go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Your time is a living sacrifice. So giving God my best time and my best effort, giving my time to grow in my relationship with Him. I mean, when it comes to our relationship with God, a lot of times we want it instant, don't we? Instead of growing and instead of seeing this as a day-by-day journey, man, we want to be on top of the mountain right now, don't we? We don't want to have to I don't want to say work for it, but we don't want to have to go through those growing pains of getting there and reaching that point. We just want to be on the mountain, right? But when you stop and think about it, as you serve Him and as you are a child of Him, what you really believe is you're not your own. You're bought at a price. I am mine no more. We sing that song, I've been bought with blood, I am mine no more. And so the time 
that we have, what he wants us to do with it is grow. Grow in our relationship with him through the word, through prayer, through community life. And how often do we do that? Well, what we realize in his kingdom, it's just a way of life. In God's kingdom, it's a way of life to just want to grow with him, to want to be closer to him. Think about it this way. Why would you not want to be as close to the one who gave you life as possible? Right? But you know what? Just like in our everyday life, I mean, we could say that about our relationship with our family. You know, your mother gave birth to you. How could you not want to have a close relationship with your mom? But here's reality. In this life, there's a lot of broken relationships, isn't there? And I pray that every broken relationship can one day be mended. Even if that is with not just your relationship with your family, but also your relationship with God. But you know what that takes? That takes time. That takes time, it takes energy. It's a growing process, isn't it? Because when something is broken, we want it fixed instantly, right? But sometimes that doesn't happen. But maybe over time, it will. And maybe over time, in our walk with God, if we just give Him our lives every day, we allow Him to shape and mold us more into His image and less of ourself. But again, it takes time, doesn't it? It takes time for that to happen. Our talent belongs to God. Look in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So you mean God's given me these gifts. We studied this in one of our themes. He's given me these talents. But guess what? It's not just for you. It's to be used to do what? To serve other people. So think about that this morning for a moment. You have been gifted by God with at least one gift, right? What if you looked at it in the sense, church, that I have this gift, I have these gifts from God, and instead of trying to be selfish with them, instead of trying to think that it's all for me, I really look at that gift as a way to build up other people in the body of Christ. But you know what? We don't always look at it that way because we're selfish people. And sometimes we take the attitude that little five-year-old Johnny took, don't eat those fries, they're mine. Have we ever said that as an adult? Go get your own. I'm hungry, go buy your own. You may even do it at lunch today. Why? Because it's just, it just happens, doesn't it? 
It's just kind of what comes out, right? wonder what would happen if we just decided with our time and our talent that we just said, you know what, I don't need this for me. And if it helps you out more, praise God for that. What a heart. What an attitude. That our time and our talent, and number three, our treasure belongs to God. And so look in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and I want you to find verse 38. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. And they love to have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show they make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. So Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people came by and they threw in large amounts. But this poor widow came and she put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And calling his disciples to him, this is a teachable moment. Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Can you imagine sitting there that day with Jesus? And do you notice what he's doing? He's watching He's watching the people. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just gone to, well, oh, I started to say the mall. When I was a little boy, I used to go to the mall with my granddad. And he would just love to just sit down on a bench waiting for my grandmother. And he would just love to just sit there and watch all the people. One day we were sitting there and I said, Gramps, what are we doing this for? He said, just watch. And I said, this is kind of boring. He said, just watch. And he said, Pat, <laughs> you see all sorts of interesting people come by. Now that I'm older, I realize what he meant by that. I remember one day, a guy came by, and I mean, he... Well, I've got to be careful saying this. Boy, I mean, he just just looked, you know, um, boy, I'm really stepping out into it now, just really kind of looked rough, you know, really long hair, hadn't really cleaned up much, and he walks by, and I thought, what, wonder what Gramps is going to say about this character, and he said, don't you know that his mother is proud of him? Don't you know sometimes that God may be looking at us and he may either say, I'm really proud 
of what you're doing. Or he may, as a teachable moment, sitting there with the disciples, say, look, look at this. Look at this scene. Here's what the rich did. The rich gave to impress other people. But he said this poor widow, she gave because she loved God. And when you look at it, in her day and time, she gave all she had. It wasn't much. But God said, you know, that's the heart that I'm looking for. That even though her little two copper coins were pretty insignificant to most people, to her, they were a treasure. But instead of keeping that treasure in her pocket or her little purse book, what'd she do? She went and gave. And that impressed Jesus. It impressed Jesus because she gave everything she had from her heart. And so he tells his disciples, the whole moral of that story is don't be like the rich people. Don't give where you want everybody to see what you're doing. You give in such a way that you just give it all. Because that's what you have. That is significant. You know why? Because it touches and it reaches the heart. And that's what it's about. Because again, when God has your heart, what does he have? He has your all. He has your all. So I wonder, he noticed this, not because of what it meant to the temple, but because of what it shows us of her heart. And that's why we remember this poor widow and the story, not because she was powerful, not because she was generous, but because she was devoted. She had a mighty faith. She had a strong faith. She didn't give, as we would say, till it hurts. She was already poor. So you think, in her mind, how logically it would have been for her just to have said, I can't do this. I don't need to do this because I don't have it. But yet, she gave. And do you realize when you do that, you're going to be blessed for it? Now, you may not know exactly how you're going to be blessed when you give it. And I'm not just saying financially from a money standpoint. Maybe it's giving time to somebody. Maybe it's giving time to somebody that in your mind you don't really have. But in essence, you really do, don't you? Because we all have the same amount time. So what was the widow's offering? It wasn't two coins. That was her gift. 
what she really offered to God that day and every day since was her heart. Will we do that? One of my favorite giving stories, youth minister several years back, taught his little kids to give every Sunday. And until they had a job, he would just give them a dollar or 50 cents or whatever. And that particular morning when the collection plate was passed, little Johnny, I'll say, put in a $5 bill and held on to that plate. And Scott thought, what's he doing? And he looked at his wife and he said, Ruth, what is he doing? She said, I don't know. He kept holding on to that plate and finally that $5 bill he put in, he took back about $3. <laughs> Passed the plate on. You know why he said he did that? He didn't want to get rid of all that $5. Scott said, son, you don't make change in the, in the offering plate. To that little boy, he didn't know any difference. He just knew, I've got a lot of money here, $5, and I'm not going to give it all away. And so he just took some back. But what his dad taught him from that moment on was a heart lesson. A heart lesson that you give time, you give everything that you have. And I look at that boy today that's grown up, and he's a youth minister, just like his dad was, and he's turned out to be a good guy. His mom was proud of him, right? We have a choice to make every day. And it really doesn't matter what the theme is that we're studying from God's Word. And I know we're going through a 30-week series on what we believe. But what it all boils down to is this. Do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And do you love your neighbor as yourself? The first and the greatest commandment. And really, when you stop and think about it, everything in God's Word always goes back to love. It was love that drove Jesus to the cross, and it will be love that keeps us in a close relationship with God. How much do you love Him? Let's stand as we sing a song this morning.